Hey, I'm Clint Benish, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip you with ideas and resources to faithfully serve in your local church. Please take a few moments to subscribe to this podcast and give it a five-star rating and review. But for now, let's join Tim Price as we jump in today. All right. Hey, Matt. I'm so glad to have Matt Vollmer here on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. It's great to connect with you. I've appreciated your ministry, uh, your long haul of work in the local <laughs> church and in specialized ministry all over the the nation and um, traveling through music and worship. And so our goal on the Worship Leader Toolbox is at times to hear from worship leaders. And so I thought today, so glad you could join me so we could hear about you. So tell me a little bit about yourself and the ministries you are in. Also good to be here. And we have to say, Tim and I just had like a great 10 minute conversation that none of you will know about. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> and we really wish we would have been recording, but uh, God knows. So um, in the future, we will hear yeah, it, yeah, we'll, we'll do that again. Um, so uh, I, you know, I grew up singing in church and uh, I grew up singing Southern gospel music. And that was kind of like my, my background. And my dad had me like singing in Southern gospel groups when I was like five. And then I went away to college. I sang in a Southern gospel group in college. So Honestly, man, I thought I was going to join like the Gaither Vocal Band uh, or the Cathedral Quartet. I don't know if anybody knows who that is. Um, and well, the, the fact that you do makes you a really cool guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> remember we talked about that cool thing <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, but that's what I thought I was going to do. And then I came back from college and I wasn't joining any groups. I wasn't really pursuing that. So I started singing a little by my own and an Assembly of God church that my cousin went to was looking for a worship leader. And so I grew up general Baptist. And so like, we didn't even use that wordage, like worship leading. It was like, you know, a singing service. Like, I don't really know what that was. And I think at the time, I always joke, but I really think this is true. I think I knew five chords on the guitar. I think that was it. And so I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, what's worship leading? And so he kind of told me, he's like, we just need you to come. It's for our kids, man. And so I started going, and from that, uh, my cousin started coming to playing guitar. Um, we picked up a bass player there, and then they knew a drummer. So, like, my band formed out of me starting to do this thing that I really didn't know anything about, which was which was worship leading. And I kind of pursued, like, the music career, you know, I think I told you. We wanted to get signed, you know, we, we worried about radio play and we thought about all that stuff. And I just wish in hindsight, I could go back to myself and just say, if you just would have focused on ministry, um, and if God would have wanted that to happen, it would have happened, but not letting that detract you from why you started doing music, which was to bring glory and honor to God. Yeah. I just think I would have been happier because it because it always seemed like I wanted something else you know like I wanted mm-hmm. something more um and the bible talks about being content and and if I'm being honest I wasn't yeah uh, um and so you know now 20 years later which I can't I can't believe it's been <laughs> that long um you know I'm I'm happy and fulfilled because I'm in the church leading worship on Sundays. And it, it doesn't mean I still don't do the band. We do less gigs than we used to. Um, and then now the opportunity to be in a youth pastor, which I know I'll get into that. But, uh, you know, just 
I say just being a worship leader, but being a worship leader at my local church and realizing that, you know, I can be fulfilled and so into my church and like, that's more relational, I guess. Mm-hmm. Than, I mean, you travel all the time, you know, like you'll go to a place and especially if it's like a one-off, do you really have a lot of time to get to know those kids in a four hour span, but at yeah. your church, you, you can get to know people. So that, that's kind of like my mindset has changed. Yeah. That is, man, there's so many things in there. The, the idea of what type of ministry or effectiveness you could have on somebody in a four hour span versus the whole, but, but what's weird is there's a need for both. Like there's a need, there's a need for some kids to only know four hours worth of you so that they can be inspired to say, I'm a walk with the Lord. Yes. And then you, but you personally, if you did that every day, you'd be pretty skewed. So you personally have the people that are around, you know, 10 years of your life so they could say and the fact that you said both that's the thing and i think used to i thought it was either or oh yeah that was a lesson that god learned to me because i remember i've told the story and danny danny beasley doesn't remember it but you know danny beasley was was a guy in saint matt's who um it's always been funny because danny and his son jared so danny is older than me and jared is younger than me and I'm equal friends with like both of them. And I didn't yeah. know that could happen. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm like, can I be friends with the dad? And the kid? so uh, Danny, I remember like leading worship at church and there was just a span where, you know, I would come to church, I'd lead worship and I would like go home and I wasn't investing. And so in a loving way, in those of you who know who Danny Beasley is and only the way that Danny Beasley could, he just kind of like said to me, we went to Qdoba one day because Danny, you know, relational is, is all can be. Yeah. And he's like, are you even trying? <laughs> and I was like, trying to what? He's like, like to get to know your church. He's like, you play music and you leave. And he's like, you're not really like talking to people. You know, you're not really giving mm. the church a chance. And, you know, people talk about having accountability. And that's what I needed. And uh, it, it changed my mindset. And it was a process, you know, like I didn't go back and it just happened. But just taking the time, I think, to appreciate what was going on around me instead of always looking for that other thing. Yeah, man, alive. That's awesome. And yeah, there's there's more to um, I mean, if, if the if the church worship service just becomes one of the other places you play, then right. that gets pretty hollow. You know? And it kind of was, to be honest, it was like a gig you know, and, uh, you know, God has a way of thankfully loving us through our stupidity. Um, (laughs) and he knew where my heart was and he knew what it could be. And so thankfully he didn't give up on me, but I needed that person to come along and just like put it into perspective and kind of call me out. But, but in love, you know, that's, that's the other thing. Like, I know we'll talk about COVID and all this stuff. Like I've, I've snoozed and muted so many people on Facebook (laughs) just because everything is like a fight and everything is, you know, this negativity and, and there's a way to talk to each other. There's a way to agree, uh, disagree agreeably. I just think sometimes we forget it. And so, you know, calling your brother out in love, walking alongside of them, some of us need Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that is, that is really huge. And if if you, uh, yeah, you're blessed to to have that kind of connection. So how, so you're a, St. Matthew is a worship leader and you also do great romance, even though it's morphing a little bit here and there, you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Especially right now. And <laughs> yes. 
you're the you're <laughs> what's a gig yeah. <laughs> what it, you like, know what yeah. is that anymore it's <laughs> one time I, yeah that that is really true and uh-huh. you also serve in in youth ministry there too and when you mentioned max power i think it's hilarious because i remember when you were in max power and i was hearing about you from like your aunt and oh yes my aunt karen <laughs> number one number one fan yeah yes. and so we in in some weird way we have been connected for a long time and yes. like many other ministry leaders who are in the same vein, we also haven't crossed paths as much as other people because yeah. if I'm somewhere doing what I'm doing, then you're probably not there doing what you're doing because right. we're doing a similar right. thing. So, and I, and I honestly think people probably think we should have crossed paths more and they don't understand what you just said. It's like, well, well no, he's playing somewhere. I'm playing somewhere. Yeah. We're not really playing the same place. So why would we, we have you played know? in the same places, but not at the same time. So right, you know, like right. Well, Beulah, and I Beulah world and all that. I remember, yes, and it it was Beulah. I remember that was one of the times like I first got to like talk, like actually talk to you. And I think it was because it was one of uh, the kids camps that Lindsay was my wife was doing, and so you were doing worship. And mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think also people don't realize sometimes there's this thing where like we do the same thing. You know, we both lead worship. So we do the same thing, but we also don't do the same thing. But like, there's room for all of us. And I, I actually just played a festival. We, we got to play out in Kansas in July. This, this church was having a festival and I thought it was going to get canceled for sure. Their COVID numbers were down. So they're like, we're going to do it. We're going to social distance. And so we went to it. And now I'm going to sound old. And I, and I think you're going to relate with me on this. I remember the days of playing festivals where there was like a sense of family and community. And so like you were all there. And even though you were all like trying to get your music out there and you know, you have to self promote, that's what you have to do to be able to do this. But there was still like this, we're all in a team kind of thing. And so this was a festival in Kansas and like, it didn't feel that way at all. It just hmm. felt like we were a bunch of different groups. Nobody was really chatting. Like used to, you know, you'd go back in the place where you have food and you'd sit and yep. eat. Um, and it, and it's, I'm not going to like call out any artists or anything. And some of them were bigger artists, but it was just like, I started reminiscing and going like, remember the days when it was like, oh, and it's festival. And honestly too, Tim, just the way the kids are at festivals. I, I remember, you know, I know you remember Agape because you guys played there all the yeah. time. And I just remember like, even as an attender, you were there for two days. You were there from, from sunup to sundown and you were in it, man. Yep. And then with this home, you'd, you'd crash and recover. And now like the kids are out in the field playing football most of the time. There's not as many people paying attention to the music and to get them for a two day festival. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's changing. Again, I know I, I know yeah. I sound like, remember the good old days, Tim? Um, but it just has been, it becoming aware to me. And so uh, I think it's just going to continue to change and morph and Christian radio yeah. and all that stuff. So sorry, that was a little side note. But, well, but man, that's also, that is weird when you think about that. Yeah. And I also think when you talked about, you know, the idea of self-promotion and mm-hmm. just the different, I mean, this is one little segment of what you said, but there is there is a weird element that you could have a podcast on too, and that is this idea of ambition and promotion and yeah. all the things that 
somehow have to happen with a godly perspective. Because if you, I mean, you know, there's, there's like reverse self-promotion where you are so not willing to say anything out of fear that you're going right? to say much about yourself, that you're actually not doing a service with the gifts God's given you. Right. And right. so no. you, it, I, it's so I weird. I know what you mean because, you know, <laughs> I, I'm very much the guy who, if I'm sitting and having a conversation and somebody talks about music and needing a band, I'm very much the guy who goes, oh, I have a band. Here's a card. Uh-huh. And I have friends who are like, "Ooh, ooh, man, whoa, that's a little pushy." I'm like, "Well, they don't know I have a band, and and they are in need. So if I don't <laughs> say anything, who else will say it?" And you're right. There's this like fine line, and then there's humility, and getting too big for your bridges. Well, I sort of, I sort of thought a long time ago in in one little instance in our church when somebody was in charge of a a mission outreach or something. And they stopped by the office to talk about details and they were going to, and the, the person putting the bulletin together said something like, so do you want me to put your name in your, oh, is it okay if we put your name and home phone number in here? And they go, oh no, we don't want anything. We don't want people to think this is all about us. And I heard that little statement and I was so thankful for their humility. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I was like, I am going to put my name on everything I can and I'm just going to give the Lord my name and I'm going right. to just spread it around as much as it can do anything in the kingdom and then right. not really care at all. Right. And so now I've probably gone overboard because so many people <laughs> unsubscribe to all the emails I send, but I, I stick my name on everything <laughs> I possibly could stick it on because I'm right. like, that's not just my name. I'm just going to give it away. So, right. And I, and I feel the same way as you, yeah. you know, and, and I, and I know there's, you know, I'm sure we both experienced those moments where uh, either other bands we've seen, or maybe it was us where we went too far. Like I, I had a manager for a while and he was the, like, the nicest guy to be honest he believed in us more than i believed in us he really did like he and that's the kind of guy you want as a manager but there were just some moments and him and i've talked about this before so if he listens to this podcast he won't be mad um but you know it, it would be like they didn't put water on stage and they didn't give us towels and things that are they are they really a big deal and he would get kind of upset about that and like i think take it as like oh well, they don't respect and it's like i get what you're saying and i get it was in the writer or whatever Mm-hmm. there's just so many things like at the end of the day, I just think you have to go, does that matter? And the reality is most of it doesn't, it just doesn't. And so if God can be glorified and you can do ministry, that's all that matters. Yep. That is good. Well, we're going to turn a corner. What are some of the bright spots or what are just some of the reflections of the systems you have going now that you're, you know, getting back in the groove? Um, so at our church, when it went down, I remember having a meeting one day and Bob was like, look, we're going to shut down next week and we need a plan. And I was so proud at our church because I remember him like dividing the board into four sections and writing these areas where we needed to come up with, you know, how we were going to do ministry with nobody there. And like, we filled that thing in 45 minutes. And so, uh, you and I talked a little bit, a lot of people are like, you know, it's so hard to do ministry. And I'm not saying it's not. But it challenged myself and all the people at our church to where our streaming service wasn't great. And so once we realized that was the only thing that people were listening to or hearing, because that's Mm -hmm. all they could, we realized we had to raise the bar. Well, now that we're starting to finally have people come back, we realize we don't now go, okay, now let's let that go. Yeah. Now we got to do two things well. So it honestly, it's pushed us. um, And this doesn't have to do with music, but it has to do with ministry. My wife is a children's minister at our church also. And so she's like, we need to do a puppet something. 
And I was like, yeah. a puppet something. <laughs> that sounds lame, blah, blah, blah. We went in, I picked out this puppet. We called it Little Maddie. And I'm just being honest, it's one of the most fun things I get to do. And it's just her and I reading a story from the Bible and talking about a lesson. And there's a lot of churches who have like picked it up when they couldn't do anything and said, can we use this to minister to our kids? And we're like, absolutely. Because back to what we said, we're all on the same team. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, this has, COVID really has pushed me and my church to just try to do ministry better and to reach people we were never reaching before. And that's been like the coolest thing. Yeah. 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 I saw a couple of you guys puppet, <laughs> puppet things. All right. So uh, that is definitely a bright spot. Have you guys yeah. been doing new songs or have you found a, a sort of a different sort of track with online streaming stuff? Do you have to change the order a little bit or do you just kind of, you know, um, stick with things people know or what's been the flow? I, I kind of always have this mindset of with the new stuff, I try to never do more than one new one. Um, and I'm not saying every week, but like, even if, if it is, I try to never do more than one. And so um, I honestly, that's a good question because I don't think I've rethought as far as picking the songs with the people, you know, at home of thinking, oh, maybe they'll connect to this more. I think because I'm thinking of people who have never watched a service before, uh, like oh, yeah. non-church people. And so I'm like, well, this is, all new to them, you know, even though our people are as well, but you, but you know, it's, it's, that's also a fine line too, because you do too many new songs and I can't worship because I don't know these you do, you know, the other side. And it's like, all you do is old stuff. And so it's like, as a worship leader, all you worship leaders, I, I know you go through that. It's just like finding that balance. Um, and as, and as silly and simple as this seems, I just always ask myself, like, did I really pray about this? Mm-hmm. And then I really ask God what he wants me to pick. And I know that seems like, well, duh, of course you're going to do that. Mm. <laughs> not yeah, all, not all the time, you know, because you just go, well, I got to pick songs and here's what the topic is. And I got to do this. And I, 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 yeah. and God's like, did you ask me what you wanted to do? And, and I've done it before where I picked what Matt wanted and then I've done what God wanted. And the difference is just, yeah, that's, that's that itself. is, <laughs> that's such a, I mean, just to incorporate that in as a habit or process, yeah. part of the process. Yeah. But yeah. that's cool. All right. So another little tidbit here we had on the agenda is the fact that you also serve, you serve two roles at the church, maybe yes. more. I'm not even sure. Tell us about <laughs> that real quick. Well, now it's also puppet ministry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the new one. Um, so yeah, worship leader at our contemporary service uh, at St. Matt's. And then um, I became the youth pastor this October will be three years. And I do always tell people that my associate, the last associate we had was the one who asked me about it. And he did the infamous, will you just pray about it? And I'm telling you, man, like, I was like, there is nothing that would make me want to be a youth pastor. I'm like, I like singing for kids and leaving. I don't don't want to be around some. And so he called me like four months after that. And he just goes, did you pray about it? And I go, no, (laughs) I didn't. And so he's like, will you pray? And I always tell people, I prayed probably the crappiest prayer, unsincere. And I was like, I already know the answer, God, but you don't want me to be a youth pastor, do you? And I'm telling you, as plain as day, not audible, but it was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, maybe you didn't hear me, God. And I said it again. He's like, yeah, I do. And it has been the best decision I've ever made. And again, it's just opened me up to, there's this whole other level of like spiritual fulfillment 
mm-hmm. of like walking and doing life with these kids. Um, and just God saying, I didn't tell you, you ha- I think I thought I had to give up the band. I think that's what I just thought. I'm like, <clears throat> there's no way to do all this. And it's not giving it up. It's just adapting. So yeah. I just don't travel as much. And I'm fine with that. I am getting older and my back hurts from driving in a van for nine hours. <laughs> so um, wearing both hats, sometimes it's a little tricky. Um, but so far, because I have a good team around yeah. me, I have a good team of worship people. And I have a great team of uh, youth ministry people who I said to them, I'm like, if it ever gets to that point where I'm gone too much and you feel like you're doing my job. And one of the girls, uh, her name's Jen Palmer. She goes, Hey, we're here. Aren't we? She goes, if, if it gets there, we'll let you know, but you keep doing your ministry. And this is also, and I was like, all right. So uh, it's been awesome, man. It really has. I learned a long time ago that being gone sometimes on Sundays or, you know, being gone away from the roles that I have, mm-hmm. two things happen. One, I actually plan better for the weeks I'm not there. <laughs> yep. so I can always get Amen. there. Amen. All right, happen. <laughs> and number two, I have, I'm forced to have an opportunity to develop people. So, you know, it right? actually is complimentary. Which so. that's the thing I think some people forget about. And I know we're talking about worship leaders, but like, you know, your, your goal, my goal is to disciple. And, uh, you know, uh, prime example, Haley Anglin, been at our church forever. I depended on her a lot. Um, she would lead when I wasn't there. God has moved her somewhere else. Some of us might say for a boy, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but, but it's where God wants her to be. And so there were people I know that were like, oh no, what's he going to do without Haley? And what's been awesome is the other girl has stepped up. And so I'm like, I don't need you to be Haley. I just need you to be you. Yeah. But now you have to fill this role and take on more. And then the other people that came up, which I know, you know, DJ Dangerfield, he told me one time, he's like, look, man, he goes, I'm a firm believer that when you start ministry from day one, you should start training your replacement. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, what about me? He goes, exactly. It's not about you, man. It's about discipleship. So I agree with you when I'm not there, it has to be planned. It has to be ready because I feel like when it goes bad, then then it's like, oh, I didn't do my job. And the the position or whatever it is a ministry if it's so dependent on you is that really a good you know is that yeah, really a good ministry that it can only function when you're there basically every every ministry leader and worship leader is interim I right mean, the church has right. been going for a long long time and it's gonna oh be my gosh like yeah that, so well and sometimes too and I, you know i've been self-important before i've had those thoughts and like people are like well what are they going to do if i'm not there and and god's honest answer is I'll go to find somebody who's maybe got a better attitude than you, <laughs> you know, and maybe somebody who isn't as talented, but their heart is in the right place. And I know we've both seen this in our life. I've seen God take people who I might look at and be like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but their heart's in the right place. Their mind is in the right place. And God like blesses them to this level where it's like, yeah, but they're not that great of a singer. And God's like, I don't, I don't care. You know, I care about their heart. And so it's just been cool to see uh, like Allison Knapp at our church has stepped up and she's like, she's thriving. And she's like, what, what if Haley had stayed? Would yeah. she have had the chance to grow? I don't, I don't know if she would yeah, have to be that's honest. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just the opportunity. People need the opportunity. And they do. They man. don't have it. Then it's they hard do. To, to do it. Yeah. All right. So um, for any, this is just a quick answer, but for anybody that's interested, what is your 
your pre-COVID Sunday or weekly flow of rehearsal and worship times, and then now. Okay, that's a that's actually a good one. So we try to have a Wednesday night practice. So let me let me start at the beginning of the week. So on Monday, um, you know, using Planning Center, I try to at least have uh, we have five songs, and so I try to at least have three in on Monday. But I try my best to have all five in no later than Tuesday. But that's usually I try to pick the song in front and the song after Bob speaks or Andy speaks. I try to get songs that match what he's talking about. And as you know, and every worship leader knows, when it's a sermon series on tithing, that's hard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Some of them we got better choices and easier choices. But I try to have the stuff for my team up no later than Tuesday because you know, I don't think it's fair of me to expect them to be prepared when I put the songs up by Thursday or Friday and it's like, Hey, learn all those and get ready to go. So I try to have those because our Wednesday night is more of like, let's check the songs that are new that are, you know, maybe we're unfamiliar with and walk through them and kind of decide who's doing what. So it's not like a run through of all five, like we'll try to, but it's more of just like, let's get familiar with what we're doing and kind of talk about the flow on a Sunday because we have a worship meeting. We used to have it Wednesday morning and then that would lead into Wednesday night be saying, here's what we're going to do. Here's if there's a baptism, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And then on Sundays, <clears throat> we would meet at like 830 because our worship service is at 11, but we have like a Sunday school class that starts at a certain time. So we would meet at 830. We would go till 10 and we would run everything. And then we would do the service at 11. Now that COVID is here, I still try to stick with the stuff online, but like we hadn't been having Wednesday night rehearsals because we haven't been having Wednesday night things. Yeah. So uh, the Sunday school hour is also not happening. So we would meet um, at uh, 9.30. And so we'd go 9.30. That gives us an hour and a half, but usually we're done in an hour, hour and 15. So it usually gives us like 15 to 20 minutes before the service starts. So we were just having that one practice. And I will say back to your thing about the new songs. So I did try to be aware of that for my team and not throw as many new things in. Cause I was like, we don't have the Wednesday night. Yeah. You don't have, we can walk through it. Yeah. So, so I did yeah. change that a little bit, I'd say. Um, but we're just now getting back to a Wednesday night practice. We actually had our first one last night uh, and it was, you know, we, we knew one of the songs was a repeat. So we're like, let's not go over that. Let's go over this new one. It's in a different key and all that. Mm. So that's kind of, the process um yeah that makes sense streamlining basically because you have to adapt to it yeah and yeah that's cool all right um here's the last thing and then we'll just have to do another podcast one of these days but (laughs) um so you you in addition to being we already said this at church doing ministry you also Mm -hmm. over the years have traveled and what you keep saying that maybe it's less now than it was even, even outside of COVID now it's like hardly anything, but yeah. you know, even yeah. before this, it was maybe changing a little bit. So just give us an example of that. So you travel with great romance for how many days a year and then now it's so, like this. Right. So like at it's, I'd say apex kind of prime, uh, we used to do like 120 dates. Um, and I was even doing that when I was teaching grade school, <laughs> And so, as you know, when you travel, um, I think sometimes people think, so the only thing you do is the gig and they don't think about driving in a van. I don't think they think that's tiring. 
because yeah. you're well you're sitting and you just have a foot on the gas or whatever and it's like no it it kind of is worse because you're just sitting for so long and you're getting sleepy and that so anyway so used to i would i would do like close to 120 dates and i would come back you know on sunday night i'd get in at like two and then i'd go teach third graders and man that last year i was so grumpy because i was just tired yeah and like little kids would come up and they'd be like hey hey mr v uh I played outside this weekend and I'd be like, go sit down. And they weren't doing anything other than being a kid. And it was in that moment, like God was like, Hey man, you know, like now's the time. And, and God told me it's like, it's time to just go full-time in ministry. So that was, you know, for a, a pretty steady run there. And so I had told people like, you know, I wanted to get down to like 75 and now I probably am more happy to be around like if COVID's not happening around like 50 dates and so the the good of that is we can be a little more selective we're in the beginning and you know like when you're starting a band or you're starting a ministry and i tell kids this all the time they're like what should i do i'm like play just play as much as you can play wherever you can play every gig in the beginning that's what you do and now thank the lord i'm able to be a little more subjective you know and go like well i know this camp is not as far and, mm. and the accommodations are kind of nice. And I know like, even when you say that, some people are like, oh, so it's about how they treat you. A little bit when you're on the road a lot and yeah. you're 43 and your back hurts. So a little bit, it, it is a little bit. So I, I would say that, that that's the thing of, of you know, like I, I'm leaning more into um, being able to do more ministry at my church, but uh, Chase Weber, who played yeah. guitar in Harvest, friend of both of ours, um, I always used to talk about the age thing. And, you know, Chase doesn't like talk, talk a lot, but when he does, it's worth listening to. And he told me one time, he's like, I think the person who's bothered most about your age is you. And I was like, kind of looked at him. He goes, you can do this for a long time, man. Um, It's just, it just might look different. You know, like it just might be a little different. And uh, he's right. And so if I just play, you know, a few camps or whatever, like I'm, I'm okay with that. Definitely like, you know, the industry side, I just am not concerned with it anymore. And there was a time where, you know, like even when I wrote songs, it was, well, I got to make sure this sounds CCM or else it won't get picked up on such and such. It just kind of put me in a box. And so that's the one thing that's been good about being independent. You know, that like there isn't a label or somebody breathing over your shoulder saying, well, we got to get an album out and it needs to sound like this. And so I've been able to just be like, I just want to make music. I don't hustle as much to book the stuff, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, and just like when they come in, you just kind of look at it and go, well, you know, the youth are going to Branson that weekend. And so, no, I, I'm going to be with my kids. Uh, I say my kids all the time. And uh, it's just changed a lot. But just if somebody goes, and are you happy? Like my honest answer is, yeah, I am. Because yeah, God's going to use me in whatever way he wants. And I'm just okay with it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I had a interesting similar conversation not with chase but with another guitar player from our mm-hmm. ministry it's been several years ago now and his question is what prompted me to ch- change my perspective and it wasn't even actually wasn't a question it was just his assumption and yeah. so what he said while we're just riding down the van on a random day was man I, I i think it'd be awesome to arrange my life to have my summers free like you do do whatever you want <laughs> And just the way that question and the <laughs> assumption came, all of a sudden I realized, wow, everybody thinks that I have like my life arranged so that my summers are free to do whatever I want. 
And right. as a result, I go to camps for eight weeks. And, right. Um, right. And in a sense, it kind of changed how I think about it. Like, wow, I do have my life arranged so that I can go if I want to. Like, it's just yeah. so weird to think about. So, well, yeah. and it's just people's perspective. You know, I, I think it's hard for people. I mean, and worship leaders who are listening to this, there are a lot of people in your congregation, in your church, you have to understand, like they go, oh, so what do you do? You play music for 30 minutes on a Sunday. I mean, that's just what they see. Not because they're mean, not because they're hateful. They don't know because they're not in it with you. So mm-hmm. it is good that you're doing this and asking people, so what's your process during the week? It's like a pastor yeah. when you go, oh, yeah, so you preach on Sunday. Uh-huh. And then I, I know Bob and Andy at our church, they, I can't remember what the number was, but it was how much sermon prep they did for every minute of a sermon. And mm. it blew my mind. I was like, yeah. what? I mean, it was like, it was something like an hour for every yeah, minute or something like that. Or, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what? And so then they get up on stage and same with music and it flows and it, you know, some days looks like, oh man, that was what it was. That's pro level and blah, blah, blah. And you just kind of wish that you could tell people like, if you only knew what we had to do to get to this. And it's not just the week preparation and the month preparation. It's if it looks like you just stood up with your guitar and winged it, that's because you practiced 20 years. Right. Right. And people forget that. Well, and I don't know if you're this way. Like I have to catch myself because I'll go, um, you know, there's a song on Sunday. I played that 50 times. I'll be fine. And then sure enough, I played it 50 times, but I haven't played it in five years and I'll get up and I'll start to play it. And I'll like, muff a word yeah. I'll forget a chord change and so like even on Saturday nights I make myself go through everything just one more time just mm-hmm. to be like okay let's make sure you know everything you're doing and I, I know you've been practicing this week but just make sure you're yeah okay. that's good and, that's and I good. always just think that's giving God your best and that, that's all at the end of the day like people make mistakes we're dealing with volunteers you know obviously you want to push your volunteers to be as good as they can but at the end of the day I always am like as long as you is you're okay with God and you're like, I gave my best today, God, maybe your best was a B minus, but it was your best. Yeah. That's all I asked for. If that's the best you have, that's it. But if your best is an A and you gave a B minus, I'm not upset with you. You just need to have yeah. a conversation with God. Cause I don't think he's super happy with the talent he gave you and what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and all the way through scripture, people that didn't invest their talents well mm. was taken away and given to somebody else. Oh yeah. And then yeah. you start thinking, man, who are the people he's given it to? What are they doing? Right. Makes you right. worried if you got some talents. Yep. And everybody does, but yeah. there's definitely a, a sense of there's some more talents that are more visual right. in the public of the church. But yeah. And when you mentioned that Saturday night thing, um, the the idea that I heard uh, somebody one time say that sometimes our area of giftedness is the thing that we least prepare for because we have to sit and do all this other stuff that maybe isn't our bailiwick, but we just have to do it anyway, sit there on digital worlds and put planning center together. And then we kind of count on the fact that, yeah, we can pull out the guitar, we can get up and sing. And because of that, we don't invest much time in it. And uh, that's that's a pretty sad spot to, you know, get stuck in. And, And as you say that, I go to sports analogies. So, you know, I, I look at Michael Jordan, obviously one of the most talented basketball players to ever play the game. But if you watch any documentary on him, did he ever stop working? Never. Yeah. And, and that's a guy that you'd look at or I'd look at it and go, yeah, he probably can take a day off, but uh-huh. he didn't. And it's that thing that you're talking about. And that's why he maintained that. I mean, even coming back 
with Washington in his 40s. Mm. And I know they didn't win anything. But as a 40-something-year-old, he averaged like 20 points in the NBA because yeah. he kept putting the work in and didn't just go, well, I'm talented. And, I, yeah, I, I think that's – as you say that, that's just resonating with me on what a huge thing that is, is like to not take that talent for granted mm-hmm. because it's not being a good steward of what God gave you. That's the bottom line. And uh, Yeah. Mm. That's cool. Well, we'll, um, we'll wind down here and just do what everybody does on podcast and say, how do people – find out about you and get in touch with you and sit around. And I asked somebody that the other day, they're like, I don't really do social media. I'm like, that could be inspiring to some people too. So you don't have to like right. have a big, <laughs> right, right. No, I know what you mean. Cause I, I actually, I, I told you I've started doing a podcast too. And uh, there's tricks and trades of things I'm learning. And I probably forget that thing the most at the end to go, how can people get to, like, I don't say, anything. Yeah. I'm just like, thank you so-and-so for being on. So see, you just taught me something. Um, so uh, the greatromance.com is our website. And then like all social media stuff is uh, the great romance, um, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And, and I handle all that. So even if it's just questions about worship, uh, you can contact me through there. And I, and I do encourage if anybody listens to this, that has questions, you know, I, I, I always tell people, I don't know everything and I don't claim to know everything, but if you ask me questions, I will at least share with you what I know and my experience. And then you can like take, take the pieces that you need out of it. That will help you. But you know, that's, and, and I know you're the same way, like to help others, like that's what we're called to do. And I've had people message me, even at the festival in Kansas, somebody came up and they're like, I'm on my worship team. And, we're trying to get better. And they were just asking all these questions. And I'm like, Hey, I gave him a card. I said, have your worship pastor email me and just say, we were at the festival and I'll tell you everything you want to know and you can delete it <laughs> or you can go, Oh, this is helpful. So anybody, uh, the great romance.com, uh, with any questions about worship or youth or anything, um, yeah. you can find me. Yeah. that is awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Matt. You're, you're a great podcast interviewee. Dude, this has been good. Again, I wish we would have had that first 10 minutes. Wow, that was great with a lot of cool insights with Matt Vollmer. Thanks for meeting up, Matt, and for your connection. And appreciate your thoughts on contentment ministry and the relationships in the local church and just how you weave music in and out of that and uh, kind of giving God glory all the way through. And appreciate you sharing what you're learning. And to everybody else um, listening to the podcast on Worship Leader Toolbox, we would love for you to rate this and share it and to um, uh, be back next week for another episode. One quick thing I was just going to share that um, Matt also has a podcast and I'd love for you to uh, go to his link and listen in. That is on the show notes. And um, he, you can also go to the website. He mentioned The Great Romance and uh, hear music and find out more. So thanks again. See you next time. You should you should start a second podcast called the pre-podcast. Yeah. And then it's just all the random stuff. And just put it just at the end that. of the podcast. Oh, it'd be so great. All the podcasts will be 10 minutes and there'll be 40 minutes of random stuff. That oh, it'd be awesome. Theory. It just blows my mind how St. Matthew has always built a culture of somehow turning out the young adults that they do turn out to really be high octane, you know, faithful kind of like 
hang out the church till 11 p.m. type people. And, right. I mean, I right. just, I don't know what the secret of that is, but it's just really <laughs> wild how that's happened over the years and it continues to happen. So. I don't know either because Jim Sloan was a huge advocate of that, you know, and that's, he always encouraged me to be able to leave. And I would be like, Jim, are you okay with me being gone? He's like, that's your calling. So yeah. you're an extension of Christ. And he goes, and you're an extension of us. So who yeah, would I be to stop you? And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, you're right. 